Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 388, covering Brother. Hi, friends. It's it's an exciting time for us. We're back. This We're is, back with actual new, actual episodes of actual Star Trek to actually watch. As we record this, the episode only dropped two days ago. Mm-hmm. And when you hear this, it'll only be like three or four days old. Like, it's it's as close to real time as we can manage. This is, <sighs> this is exciting. Hot off the presses. I have watched this episode three times in the last three days, which mm-hmm. is how a normal human acts. Yep. And uh, the the best part is, uh, in a month, I won't remember anything that happened in it. Yeah, no, because that's that's how my brain works. No, the human brain is a garbage box that only contains the things that you don't want to look at. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to look at. The problem is I have no control over you know what gets prioritized. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, so first impressions, uh, this was great. Yeah, we were like almost entirely like the thing about this show is there's always so much to talk about and. There were a lot of things I didn't like, but they were all minor things. Yeah, they like, cr- they crammed this episode full too. Like there were so many things, mm-hmm. and I that that was the case last se- season as well. Like I feel like, uh, for all its faults, it was it did not fall into the the trap that a lot of modern serialized shows do, which mm-hmm. is oh my god, just get on. I mean, except for the Mirror Universe stuff, <laughs> but e- each episode, tons of stuff happened. Yeah. And they keep that going, and all the stuff we wanted them to fix, they pretty much fixed. Yeah, it's, it really seems like they uh, listened to all of our complaints and adjusted accordingly. So thanks for listening to the show, guys. Yeah, I, we appreciate it. We would mm-hmm. love to get screener copies so we don't have to react so quickly. But yeah, uh, That would be nice. Yeah, yeah, you know, we'll do what we can. Um, But yeah, o- overall, we are we were very, very pleased. Mm-hmm. And if things continue this way, then uh, then things are looking up for us. Yeah, I'm I'm looking. I'm feeling real positive going into season two right now. I hate to be that guy. I'm still skeptical. Like, yeah, this was good, but mm. when when's it gonna? And you know, maybe one day I won't be so like cynical about it. But I've well, been burned so many times. Look, man, Enterprise and Voyager is still a fresh. Uh, uh, that's not even fresh. it. It's it's, th- it's this show. Uh-huh. It's this show started so strong. And then really dipped in the middle and then pulled it out at the end last mm-hmm. season. And I'm just worried. Like, And uh, there was all that behind-the-scenes stuff. They changed showrunners mid-season again. Yeah. Which I we'll forgot see the about that. That's that. a little worrying. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see we'll the see. effects of that in a few weeks. Hopefully, we won't notice it. Mm-hmm. But that happened during the production cycle. So there might be a shift in tone, but hopefully not in quality. Yeah. We'll see, I suppose. But for now, though... For now, though, why don't you why don't you tell us uh, what happened in Brother? Brother? All right, so we rejoin our heroes on pins and needles. Holy crap, says everyone on Discovery at once. That's the Enterprise, a ship people have heard of. And indeed it is, the USS Enterprise featuring stupid handsome Captain Christopher Pike and his best friend, some guy in a blue shirt. Guess we're going to drag out that Spock tease for another episode or two. Anyway, Pike's taken over control of Disco while it goes on an important mission to investigate seven blinking signals that have appeared throughout the galaxy. It's a vastly important mission, and they can't have Saru mucking it up with his whole, oh, no, and running around on his freakishly long legs. Apparently, Starfleet hasn't been informed informed of all of Saru's brand new character development, but hey, we're pretty far out in space, and also there was a war on, so fair enough. Meanwhile, Michael and Sarek are both all aflutter about Spock, whom neither of us talked to in years being around. Luckily, there's no time for that because we need to go check out one of those weird signals. Unfortunately, there's no damn red thing there, but there is a crashed Federation medical ship that's been wedged into an asteroid for almost a year. Pike, Mike, and a couple of Enterprise randos head out to explore, and Blue Shirt Rando is almost instantly crushed by a meteor while telling Michael how great he is. You fool. No one is greater than Michael. After an action sequence that I can only describe as awesome, the away team arrives at the USS Hiawatha, which is just barely being held together by badass engineer Jet Reno, who has stitched the whole thing together with bailing wire and spit. Uh, she's done the same thing with the injured crew that she's been keeping alive for the past year. Also, she's played by Tignataro, and she's very special to us. 
Disco starts beaming the injured crew back on board as the Hiawatha finally begins to succumb to the damage from the asteroid, and Michael is left behind because she just has to make everything about her. <laughs> she gets stabbed in the leg and briefly hallucinates what I can only describe as the silhouette of a Final Fantasy villain, and then luckily Pike ar arrives to save her because she has had just about enough excitement for one day. Back on Disco, Perfect Tilly does a scan of the an asteroid and discoveries that it's weirdly related to the spore drive or something. So she and Stamets beam a big chunk of it on board. And finally, Jesus Christ, there's a lot going on this week. Mm -hmm. Discovery heads back out again with Pike and his new Disco duds as co-captain with Saru. And insists one more time that he, Pike, is absolutely nothing at all like the traitorous Captain Lorca. So I'm definitely going to be watching that guy going forward. And then he lets Michael know that Spock has actually been on leave for over a year, like so much vacationing wharf. Michael goes to investigate his quarters and finds sketches of the mysterious beacons and looks worried. Cliffhanger! You were right that a lot of stuff happens. It's a very busy episode. Like we said, that that is, you know, I do not envy you having to summarize that, but you did definitely cover all the salient points there. So, Like, we that. check in with almost everybody from last year, and then we introduce, yeah. like, five new characters, two of whom also, are, like, or one of whom is sticking around. Yeah, and, um, we like, everybody gets sort of a, at least a story beat, if not, mm -hmm. like, a like checking in with where they are. Like, yeah. it's nice. You get, like, you feel like they've moved on a bit. You, you finally get, for instance, Stamets actually grieving over the loss of, of Hugh. Which, and it's done, it's done real well, too. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's, okay, it is too late. Like, mm -hmm. he should have done this weeks ago, but whatever. Like, the fact is, if this were our show, if they handed it to us and said, okay, fix it, that would have been, like, one of the first yeah. things we did. Like, okay, it's too late to go back and change that, but the first thing we can do is have him say, shit. I never, I never mourned about this. I need to do that. Yeah. And they did. They and had they, a whole good scene about it. They do it real well. He has a great uh, uh, talk with, with Tilly about how he's leaving to go be a uh, teacher on Vulcan, which, by the way, is a terrible position for Stamets to be in. Yeah. He is exactly. Yeah, we tried to imagine the kind of teacher he would be. And, yeah, we were saying uh, he was. He is exactly the kind of professor who is going to like man, attendance is mandatory. And Mr. Robotham, do you think it's fair to the rest of the people in this class and my time that you would arrive one minute late to my class? Or, Mr. Robotham, could you stand and tell the class, the five uh, classes of, uh, you know, spore, whatever? Everybody put your phones in this bucket. Oh, God. I you guess that is the thing You can have them back at the now. end of the semester. I have not been at a, a, at a school since cell phones have been a thing, yeah. but I imagine that must be a thing. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, no, he would he would be the worst. And it, it didn't occur to me until, until you said it just now that he's a teacher on Vulcan, mm -hmm. which would be... I don't know, in, in, in one sense, better, because they probably would be fine with all that, but also worse, because he's so emotional. Yeah, right. But it's nice. He's he's still kind of a dick. Yeah. And Tilly's having none of it. She's like, yeah, yeah, I know, blah, 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 bluster, bluster, yes, but really. Yes, yes, you're fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm we done all, with all this crap. We're friends We all now. know you're a lovable crab, but come on. <laughs> it's nice. Not a crab like a, you know, sidestepping with, with claws. No, I'm sorry. Paul Stamets, the lovable crab, is now his, uh, <laughs> that's his character now. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but it was it was nice because he's watching like a recording of Hugh, like mm -hmm. we get to actually see him. And he's talking about the opera thing that they had in common. And uh, Amanda pointed out that she thought it was really stupid that this alien race of uh, opera singers like kill themselves when they hit their perfect aria. But mm -hmm. like. I don't know. I kind of like that. I kind of like in that, Star Trek, we have alien races that are all based on one thing, like mm -hmm. the warrior race, the 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 finance race. Like these guys are into their art and they're yeah. so into their art that that's their whole purpose. I like yeah. that. It's I mean, dumb. I, yeah, it's a stupid thing to do, but it's also a thing that's very Star Trek alien. Yeah. It fits with all the other races we have in Star Trek. But mm -hmm. I did. She she made a point of saying that's really stupid. That really bugs me. And I kind of wanted to like, yeah, OK, sure. That's I don't agree with you, but that is a valid point. Yep. Let's let's just throw that out there as well. Um, But yeah, let's see. We check back in with him. We have Saru, who should definitely still be the captain. Yeah. And is um, clearly not thrilled about uh, Pike horning in on his territory. No, uh, Pike immediately likable, instantly yeah. likable, and gets along with everyone real well, except Saru, who's like, well, so am I in charge or not? And there's this weird thing at the end, like you said in your summary, where it's like, we will be co-captains. He literally like, he literally says it's like, it'll be like, uh, it'll be like, uh, what is it? Joint custody. Joint custody. Mm. That's not a thing. 
the that's chain not, of command. That's not going to work. There's a reason that that's why that's how ships don't run. Yeah, when you when you have like the the organization chart, you need one name at the top, not mm. two. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so. like Saru's cl- like he it it's clearly hurting him. Yeah, I mean personally, and it should sure. honestly. Yeah, but Starfleet sent Pike there to be in charge, yeah. and as much as we all think Saru should be in charge, he outranks him, and it's his mission to be in charge, so he mm. should be in charge, like Pike should. That's yeah. just that's why he's there. Well, the thing the thing is, like they were going to pick up a new captain, like yeah. So the the insult to Saru is already there that like we don't that we don't trust you enough to be captain, yeah. but that they don't even trust him enough to go on this one mission. Like it, it's, yeah. it's no, I mean I'm with you. It's very like fuck you, Saru. But he had some good moments. There's yeah. there's a point where everyone's like in serious danger and his threat ganglia pops out and everyone looks at him and he's like, What, are you surprised? You guys have been here in a long long enough now. You know how this works. Yeah. You you lived with me through a whole war. You understand that this happens a lot, right? Look, they're in danger. My hair's gonna do this thing. Leave me alone. Yeah. And you know, he he I, I would say was the least served, like he didn't have a lot to do. Yeah, but I will. I think we'll get to it. But running down the list, like yeah. he he got a couple of beats. Like uh, Tilly got a lot, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I don't think she was like nervous and awkward too much, but I feel like the scenes of her doing that were all sort of in a row. Yeah, I can see. And I feel like if they there. staggered them out a little, like because they also had some of her being good at her job, mm-hmm. some of her being BFFs with Michael, like. Like consoling Stamets, she had a lot to do. Well, the scene the scene with her consoling Stamets is real good. The scene with her and Mike, there's a scene towards the end where Michael's got Michael's been stabbed in the leg on the planet, and she's in mm-hmm. the in sick bay, and Tilly comes to like talk to her about like how the the meteorites are all weird and uh, spore drivey, and they get to have a real nice science science pals moment. Yeah, that that bit we loved in Voyager. We always said science bros because it reminded us of like um, uh, Bruce Banner and Tony Stark in the yeah. first Avengers movie, uh, where uh, uh, it was usually Janeway and I think Bellana, where they'd start talking about science and like like there were there were early bits in Voyager where it was like uh Starfleet, oh uh, Maquis, we hate each other, but science, hey yeah science, mm-hmm. and then they'd both be excited and friends. Yeah, and yeah, their their dynamic reminds me a bit of that and. What I also love is Tilly comes like she wants Michael to get her a piece of the asteroid to study mm. and uh, it won't beam back with her. And that's part of what they talk about. Um, and she comes to sickbay and her first question isn't where's my rock? It's oh, my God, are you OK? And yeah. the the physical acting of the look of concern on her face and she immediately goes to hold hands with her is just so perfect. Yeah, they're such good friends now and I love it. Yeah. It's, I like stories about friendship. Yeah, it's the you. best. Yeah, it is. Especially when I like these characters this much. Yeah. And for all, and you know, last season had a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong, but one of the things it got almost completely 100% right is the characters. Yeah. Like, I hated that a bunch of the characters ended up not being who they were supposed to be, but the ones we stuck with. Yeah, exactly. I like. Uh, let's see who else. I mean, obviously Michael like is the star as usual and she had a lot of good hero moments. And yeah. We she... also have a, like, there's a lot of her and Sarek this, uh, this episode. I loved that mm-hmm. because all of the relationship we've seen so far has been either weird mind meld projections or flashbacks. This is the first time we've seen her interact with him like in the present. Yeah. Like in, in the flesh. And it's nice. I don't like that. Their whole scene is talking about Spock. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Yeah. But, they have great chemistry, and I feel like this relationship, like, is what they say it is, and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of who, like, but but the thing I liked most about Michael was, um, this is the first time, like, we got 15 episodes of her so far just being, like, completely fucked up about the Klingons, and then fucked up about what happened to Giorgio, and then fucked up about um, uh, uh, Lieutenant Ash Tyler, like... For the first time, this is just her. Yeah. She doesn't have any horrible decisions to regret or, you know, horrible people in her life that she's got to figure out. Like, it's just her doing her job with her friends. Yeah. And it's so nice and refreshing, you know? We we get to see the Michael that we glimpsed back in the, or like, the first episode before yeah, everything. The first 10 minutes of the pilot. Yeah. Before she had the worst year of her life. Yeah. And, you know, I understood all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm gl- I hope... Like, it didn't just reset button and she never thinks about it again. But also, I want to see normal Michael Burnham doing her job well. Yeah. 
and actually being okay with people and not, you know, being a horrible person. Like, yeah, it's like, nice. she's a good, interesting character and, like, yeah. you know. She absolutely is. And it's great just seeing her in her element and there's, you know, there's danger because there's always danger because she's in Starfleet. Yeah. But it's not, like... Oh my God! The whole quadrant, like all the whole Federation, is gonna fall because of something stupid I did. Yeah, and it's also just, everybody's mad at me personally. Yeah, it's just, uh oh, our new captain's in trouble. I better save him. Yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace for that character. Mm. And Sonequa Martin Green, as always, completely fucking nails it. Yeah, I will say, as ever, I think the producers of the show do not trust her enough. Yeah, they still give her those terrible fucking uh, voiceovers. Yeah, we don't need any like she, she she's such a good actor. She can portray so much with just like a look. Yeah. All you do is cut in on her face and you know what's going on. You don't need a like the voiceovers, they seriously remind me of Jughead from Riverdale. <laughs> where it's like pain. Webster's dictionary defines pain. Oh as, god, please tell me that's an actual quote from Riverdale. It's very close. That's the worst fucking thing I've ever heard. He'll say the name of like a concept. And then he'll define the concept for you. And then he'll tell you how some character is like evoking that concept. But for Betty Cooper, the pain was just beginning. The pain of a blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, boy. Oh, and boy. Michael's voiceovers remind me so much of that. Why do you think I should watch Riverdale? Because it's a mess. <laughs> like in the best way. <laughs> I don't know that you should watch it. But if you like messes, you'll like it. A lot of people have been telling me to watch Riverdale lately. It's it's not a good show, but it knows exactly what it is. Uh-huh. It knows it's trash. And that's why I love. But there's a there's an opening thing where we see footage of the Cassini probe, like the, the Saturn probe. Yeah. From now. And Michael's saying space, the final frontier. And it's like, what? Why? I don't. It's, this doesn't have anything to do with anything. See, I, I like the idea of, you know, this is a thing I, I always liked in Enterprise, is going back to early space tra- travel. Oh, no, no, as no a, I'm fine with that. Well, as a, way to, as a way to reflect on what's happening in the episode, but this doesn't reflect on what's happening in the episode at all. No, it feels like it's the opening of a new season and we want a cool, like, introduction. It honestly it felt like an excuse to have her just say space the final frontier. Yeah, but then they realized, oh, shit, the rest of that is these are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. We're not on that ship, so we got to write something else. And what they wrote was terrible. Yeah. It's just like, no, guys, like... We're looking to discover things in ourselves. Ugh. Let let her work. Okay. She does a very good job. Like, she almost said something along the lines of the human adventure is just beginning. Like, uh-huh. just knock it off. Get on with it. Human adventure has been just beginning for 50 years now. Like I, I know. Well, it's a very long prologue. Uh-huh. That implies the human adventure is going to be long, which is good, I, I guess. I don't know. And then we get a, a flashback uh, of, of like, the first time Sarek brought her home to Amanda, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that bit. Apparently, get... the house was sort of modeled after uh, its brief appearance in the animated series, which is neat. That's great. Uh, very sparse, which not surprising for Vulcans, but... Yeah. Uh, but there is a I, human I just, living there. I got to imagine Michael coming in. It's like, where the fuck's the couch? <laughs> yep. What, yeah, what, and you would think you Amanda's influence. Oh, we yeah. sit in the sitting room, which is designated over here. Yeah. Now, Michael, your sitting hours are from three <laughs> to four. But uh, we've seen this show's version of Sarek, obviously, before. We've seen yes. this show's version of Amanda before. and We get a little bit more of job. Amanda in this one, which is, yeah. you know, she's fine. Yeah, no, I, I do like her. She I looks do. like a princess. Yeah, which she always has. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's how they. That's how they dressed her in the original series. It, they gave her like a head thing, I think, in this one. Like it's not quite mm-hmm. a tiara, but it definitely has the feeling of one. So that when she shows up, I'm like, oh, good, Princess Amanda. I feel like she's just like that's. I don't know. Like it's, it's the same vibe. It's it's the same vibe as as in the original series. Sure. I dig it. Um, but then we get Lil Spock. Uh, and yes. That's where the pattern breaks down. The also who they have cast as young Michael, very good. Yeah, good looking kid, good selling the the grief of just having lost her parents mm-hmm. and the 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 perplexity of like, well, I'm glad this man took me into his home, but I've never been to Vulcan. Where am I? What is this place? Like a lot of stuff going on with that kid, and mm-hmm. she's doing a great job. And then Lil Spock, how would you describe him? Uh, Pez dispenser. I would describe him as a Pez dispenser. I don't. How how do you how do you mean? I'm not sure weird, I see the connection. Weird little body, big ass head. Okay, all right. So like Adam Scott. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's also wearing the outfit he wore in Unification. Yeah, 
like a tiny version of the same thing he was wearing when he was hanging out on Romulus and Next Gen. Someday when I unite the Vulcan and Romulan people, I shall dress like this. It's Later. Like, I get that it's a reference, but would he wear the same thing at eight that he would wear at like 108 or whatever? I mean, you know, Vulcans have two kinds of clothes. and that's, I guess that's true. That's big flowy robes and apparently skin tight uh, jumpsuits, which. No, turtlenecks. Yeah, turtlenecks are very popular. Yeah. Um, fucking also, Sarek loves a fucking turtleneck. That dude will go to town on a goddamn turtleneck. And this is another thing Amanda pointed out that uh, the he had sort of boxy shoulders in the flashback. He looked a bit Romulan, mm-hmm. which, okay, there's probably a common influence. Like, that. Mm-hmm. that's all right. But no, the kid, um, like, I don't know. I don't want to, like, I'm, I'm trying not to make fun of people's appearance. That's, that's like, not what I'm trying to be these days. But sure. he had a fat face. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. It's not... Like, they cast a kid with real chubby cheeks, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't look very it much like Spock. doesn't look like Spock. No, and the eyebrows didn't look good. Like, everyone else looked great, and it was just a real, like, that's weird. And, like, it, it it's Spock, so it's important. Yeah, everyone knows who this character is. Yeah. And we've seen young versions of him several times. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the Genesis planet when when he's growing back up again, and then again in the Abrams movie, like yeah, we've seen it, him a couple uh, of the, times. in the Vulcan in the Vulcan boy fights uh, pod, yeah, exactly. And then we saw Filmation's take on him, yeah. which we should probably just ignore. But you know, in his I mean, I don't know why whities. we would do. I, I don't know why we would do that. The the show's not ignoring it, so well, that's uh, yeah. But he wasn't wearing tidy whities. Look, I don't want that. Like they were wearing little underwears and then like suspenders, as I recall. Man. It's not a good look. It's upsetting. Not something you want to see rendered in in live action. Or animation. Yeah. Or animation. None of this is okay. No. But it it was broadly cool if you're going to, okay, I guess we're going to talk about Spock this season. Like, to to do a flashback and to set that up. What I don't like, like, this was my, this isn't actually my bad thing. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I did not like it feels like everything that's happening is to prop up the fact that Spock is going to show up, and I yeah, don't like that. This is not his show. It's not his story. That That's the thing, because Discovery's earned not needing that at this point. Yeah. You know? We like, got so many interesting characters. I mean, there's there's minor characters I'm dying to know more about. Yeah, man. Fucking Detmer gets slightly more to do in this, in this episode. Oh, Detmer has so many, like quick little hailing frequencies open lines that she sells completely like sometimes she's scared sometimes it's always just like i sir but it's always like oh she's happy to do that i sir and Mm -hmm. she's scared to do that like she's i'm so waiting to see what else she's up to like what is your and she's got such a good she's got such a good look and the actor is so good and it's just like give this woman more to do i want to spend more time with her and she's the only character that i can think of that knows michael from the shenjo so there's some baggage there yeah like I'd love to see, but but instead we got to visit revisit Spock. Yeah, and I just, like the last ten minutes are Michael like setting up what's going to happen next, which is I guess we're chasing Spock. And that I, that that's the thing. My note here is literally I really don't want this season to turn into the search for Spock. I've seen no. that movie. Yeah. Also, the idea that we're chasing seven signals that feels very. I haven't watched a lot of anime, but that feels very anime. It's also very video gamey. Yeah, yeah, that might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, so. No, it just like it just it just feels like they're like they're they're trying to hang the second season on him because they don't have faith in being able to just carry the show. Faith of the heart. Yeah, like you, they're going in and they're like, okay, so season one we're a new series, so we've got people that way. But season two, we're probably gonna need a little help, so let's bring in the guy everybody's heard of. But and you don't need it, man. Like y- you've got the bones of a great show here. The pattern that's always worked for all the all the successful shows mm. is you kick off your series with someone from one of the previous series. Sure. Like every time that's what they did and it worked just fine. Mm-hmm. And then you send your your guys on their way and they they become their own thing. Yeah. And okay, so you had Sarek in the early episodes of of the first season and then you're on your own. Yeah. But that's not what they're doing here. No, and well, unfortunately, the theme feels like we have to have everything has to have something that you've heard of. Everything has to have a thing that the audience go. Oh, I know that. But I've talked about this before. There's I, I can't imagine the target person they're trying to reach here because, yeah, everyone knows who Spock is. Mm-hmm. But they're they're expecting you to know so much more that it's clearly there for the fans. But the fans 
that I know don't want this. Yeah. So who's this for? I I don't I don't get like the hardcore Spock fans aren't gonna want this just because no. it's not Nimoy. Like yeah, and you're and you're sort of like passing you know like casual fans who know a little bit of like okay I've seen some Kirk and I've seen some Picard and that's yeah. it. There, it's going to be too deep for them to know what's going on. Yeah, it's just, it's so, like, you know, it's not Nimoy, it's not even uh, Zachary Zach Quinto. Quinto. Yeah. No, and I will say the voice that we heard, like, she listened to a voice recording of him, mm-hmm. sounded pretty good. Yeah, and I'm, sh- like, I'm sure that, like, the dude will probably be fine. Yeah, well, here's the thing, too, is, no, I don't want it to be about Spock just because there's so much more to talk about. Yeah. But, on the other hand... I, I kind of ran through a mental list of all the people they've revisited so far, mm-hmm. which is Sarek. Good job. Yep. Harry Mudd. Yep. Great job. Uh, and Pike, who we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Great job. Great job. So, like, you know. Like, they, they're three for three reinventing original series. Guys, so chances are he'll be good. That's the thing, is that, like, I didn't, if you'd asked me, if, if you'd come to me, Matt, what do you want for Discovery Season 2? Oh, we're, yeah. we're 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 pinning all of this on you. I would not have said more Spock, please. I would have said basically everything you did in this episode minus the Spock stuff. Yeah. And but, take out the voiceovers. But if we're getting Spock, like I'm not going to I'm not going to They'll hey. probably get it right based on yeah. their based on the pattern. Yeah. And let's talk about this Captain Pike because this was another one I resisted because okay, we we just rewatched the Cage recently, so it's mm-hmm. pretty fresh in my head. Jeffrey Hunter was okay, but it was a pilot. It was a pilot-ass pilot, and we didn't really know anything about him. Like, no, Pike's he, he a was, weird dude. Well, he was just coming off, like, a bad mission. Mm-hmm. I don't think... It's like Michael last season. I don't think we were seeing Pike, like, normal baseline Pike. Yeah. We were seeing Pike after a, a crisis, and he was kind of burned out. So we don't really know what his deal is. But Bruce Greenwood was one of my very favorite things about... Oh, um, yeah. About uh, the Abrams movies, like mm-hmm. I wish they hadn't killed him off, and he was in uh, Beyond because he was so good. Yeah, like as Kirk's mentor type, he was so great. He was a he was like a we always love this in our captains being the dad or mm-hmm. the mom, depending on who they are. Yeah, and um, he really carried that that dad vibe. He's Kirk's like Kirk lost his dad, but he's got a new dad in Pike, and he's great. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, those are some big shoes to fill. He's only in two movies, but I love the guy, and this guy in this hour yeah. completely won me over. No, from the second he stepped he steps off the transporter pad, like the dude is ju- the the dude just works. Like he clicks right away. He's got an early Kirk vibe and it's enough that they're not copying it. Yeah. Well, the thing it, is he feels like Kirk if Kirk wasn't completely if Kirk's whole deal wasn't me and my best and my two best friends exploring the universe. Yeah, no, Kirk less self-absorbed. Yeah, like he's 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 there he's there to do the job. He's excited about doing the job. No, he's a handsome, charming hero type. Yeah. But he's also like there's they go way out of their way. And he actually says this out loud, mm-hmm. but they go way out of the way to say this is not Lorca. This is a guy who cares about you and what you think and doesn't want to like there's a scene where Tilly like uh, pulls up his uh, they're trying to verify that he is who he is before. He yeah, takes they command, need to do which, the whole uh, you're taking over the ship thing, basically. Yeah. And we want to make sure you're not a a robot or a changeling or whatever stuff existed back then that could be fake. Mm-hmm. And like, which is cool. That's a that's a security thing they should do. Um, And she kind of fucks it up because she's Tilly and she got a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, And he doesn't yell at her. He doesn't roll his eyes. He doesn't. Oh, this ensign got promoted too quick. Yeah. He's he's very patient and calm and nice to her. Mm -hmm. It's it's cool. It's cool, ensign. The two buttons are close together. You hit the wrong one. Just uh, go ahead. You know. And he just he rolls with everything. He wants to know everyone's name. Yeah. Um. He has a scene with Michael where he's like, uh, I don't want excuses. I want answers. And she's like, Uh, if you hadn't cut me off, I would have given you an answer. That's what I was about to say. That's a great scene too. And because then his reaction is to the, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I should not have assumed that. I won't do that again. Yeah. It's within an hour, he completely bonds with all these guys except Saru. Yeah. And I'm so, like, into him. Yeah. And they did a great job. I and love he's the guy. got he's got so much going on. To, I, love, I love how he feels personally insulted by what Lorca did. Yeah. Like, he's there's got a, okay. he's got these moments. And there's a, there's a, there's a moment when he's... Basically checking out Lorca's ready room at the end of the episode. I love that. I just like, this guy was fuck. Okay, fucking uh, fortune cookies at a desk with no chair. This guy was 
Well, and he asks, he asks Michael, he's like, where do people sit on the ship? And he's like, uh, he didn't like us to sit. Yeah. And that says everything. He's like, oh, that's so sad for you guys. I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm I'm not going to be like that. I promise. Yeah. And no, I, lo- I love that. And also, um, so apparently the Enterprise had to sit the war out. Yeah. It's because it's one of the most powerful ships. They wanted it as like a last resort, which was yeah. actually a cool. Experiment. Plus, they like were was, off, they were off doing like their five year, like they couldn't get back in time right. or something. But they but they said near the end of the episode, like because I was like, yeah, but come on, it's the Enterprise. You need like you need the flagship there. Mm-hmm. And what they said was uh, as a last resort, we need our big guns ready. And like, yeah, yeah, that that makes actual sense. Good job. But you can tell he feels super guilty about it. Yeah, they do a lot of that. There's like, there's a lot of no guy left behind, yeah. which is a very well, the whole warm episode mentality. sort of hin- the sort the whole episode hinges on we go back for people. Yeah, and that's at that moment in the bridge like, that I was talking about, where he's mm-hmm. like, "I don't want to hear your excuses." There's a crashed ship down there, and we're gonna rescue those guys. And they're like, "We know." Yeah, no, that's what we're here for. Like, yeah, we're on the same page here, man. We went through the war. We don't leave guys behind. You're right. Yeah, and it's nice, but um. The the thing in uh, Lorca's ready room uh, is is your bad thing, right? Uh, there, there's a moment in my I like this episode a lot, so I did. Oh yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of bad things to pick from, but there's a moment where uh, 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 Pike pulls a uh, an old discarded uh, fortune cookie fortune off the floor, mm-hmm. and it's like something something beware the cage that holds the whatever, and I'm like, we don't need to yeah. do a reference to the cage, guys. Not everything has to be something. I know. And the thing is, I like him finding the fortune cookie, and I like the look on his face like, fortune cookie? Huh? Okay. I well, guess that's that, what this guy was into. That could have been a that could have been a good, like, there, there, there's any number of weird fortunes you could have that could sort of talk I about. I would have just made it the dumbest, like, oh, I guess my lucky number is six. <laughs> okay. But putting that in, is it's, ju- it's just too winky, you know? Like, I would have Actually, no, what I would have done is, like, you are a bright and cheer, you know, you are a person, an illuminating person or something like that. And then Michael walks in. Commander, do you think I'm an illuminating person? You know, just like, like make fun of it. Because this cookie seems to think that I'm a. I would have liked that just as one that Lorca opened in the past. Yeah. And left it sitting there. You are a good person that people like to be around. Well, well that's not you, true. Cookie. You understand me. <laughs> Thanks, cookie. Yeah. Uh, but no, you're right. It was a little too on the nose. And there were one or two things like that. It wasn't too bad. Sure. I actually really liked um, when the Enterprise guys beam in and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be Spock. It's going to be Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a POV shot from behind the head of the science officer. And it's behind his ears. Yeah. And you see that he's got round human ears instead of pointed Vulcan ears. And I, I thought that was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that because everyone, like everyone, knows Spock's back this season. Yeah. Oh, the Enterprise, and, the science officer. We know who that is, right? Yeah. And Sarek and Michael are both like they—they're both supposed to be the audience members who are like mm-hmm. uh, excited to see Spock. Spock's going to be here. Yeah. Well, Sarek's not excited. They haven't talked. Look, neither of in them. Years. The, the, there's excitement, and there's also I haven't talked to this guy in fucking forever. I mean, he is my brother, but uh, this is going to be weird and awkward. Yeah, and, I get it. But then, yeah, we get that they they dash those expectations nicely by like, nope, it's this guy, and boy, that guy. Yeah, what the fuck was his name again? Cunningham. I've, uh, some no, it wasn't Cunningham because I would have made some Happy Days jokes. All right, something um, like that though. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> real real dick. Um, both Amanda and Tedro described him as Rimmer, which yeah, Arnold J. Rimmer, absolutely. Uh huh. Which yeah, yeah, I could see that. Definitely see. He's got this the smug little smirk, the sneer, the sneer. Yeah, like like someone just farted and he's mad about it. Yeah, but also he's constantly trying to prove that he's better. And I feel like that was on purpose. Not only like the first time I saw it, I loved that he was like our first red shirt death. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck that guy. And second time I saw, it, I was like, nah, that's a little cheap to set up a guy who says Michael's bad and then to kill him. That's mm. like a little too. You know, well, and also like he's talking about how Michael is bad the second before he gets crushed by a giant yeah. boulder. Like, yeah. don't second guess me. I know exactly what I'm. Boom. And if I'm not the smartest person on either of these <laughs> two ships, let God strike me down right now. Yeah. No. And like I say, the first time when I'm just sort of in that sort of visceral like reaction mode, it was fun. Mm hmm. But thinking about it for even half a second, it's like, that's yeah. that's a little much. That's a little that's almost a little Mary Sue to set up mm-hmm. a character who says you're not great and then kill them. Yeah, right. That's not. And Michael doesn't deserve that. But 
That said, I do like that he's a dick because I feel like the guy they ask to fill in for Spock has the wor- like the the worst job. Yeah, he's got to try ten times. Like, no, 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 I can do this job. I can totally do this job. I'm as smart as that guy. No, you're not. No, you're not. He's the best guy. No, no, I am, and I that would make him totally insecure and. Mm-hmm. After a year of that, he would be a mess. Here, you fill the boots of the best guy in all yeah. of Star Trek. Mr. Spock. Oh, oh, right. It's you. Oh, Do you Mr. have to say that every time, sir? Mr. What's your name again? I don't know. It, I'm it wearing a name tag. They're not I mean, even I made standard a point issue. Of, I printed this out myself. I made a point of, of doing a roll call on the bridge of this ship I've been on for five minutes. I've worked with you for five years, and I don't know who you are. My name is Homer Simpson. <laughs> Oh, Missy, son. <laughs> yeah. No, I I did enjoy. They had a couple of good moments where he's given the long sort of data explanation using too many words. Mm-hmm. And then Michael just boils it down to a metaphor like we always do in Star yep. Trek. And he's like, well, yeah, if you want to be simple about it. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, I do want to be simple about it. We're having a normal conversation. Yeah, you jerk. And it would be so easy to write Michael that way because mm-hmm. she was raised on Vulcan. But... She knows she's got to explain things to people. Well, that's the thing. That's the that's that Giorgio influence right there. Yeah. That's like they call it the uh, uh, executive summary mm-hmm. where you have to ex- summarize something to an executive who is too stupid to know what your, your actual job is. Also known as explain it to me in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but my bad thing is actually I had a few things because, like I said, there's so much going on. Sure. There were no major problems, but there were a lot of little things, and I'll, I'll point out the ones I haven't yet. But this one uh, was when we first met these guys, um, and they're, they're, they get on the turbo lift, and it's a cute scene. This was in the trailer. You guys might have seen this already if you haven't seen the episode, um, where there's sort of a mole man-looking guy. Yeah. And he looks cool. Oh, yeah. Great design. And we're both huge fans of of making the crew as alien as, like, there, there's some humans, of course, but there's other guys. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a sec, too. Yeah. Like, it's great. Yeah. But... With this guy we hadn't met before, and he's, like, sniffling or something, and Michael is genuinely concerned. She's like, oh, you got that bug that's going around? Too bad, buddy. And it's a, it's cute, and it's funny mm-hmm. in a, in a, it's, like, to me, that's very Star Trek. Here's some professionals on their way to work, and here's a weird-ass alien going to work with them. Yep. Like, that's so Star Trek. And then he does this hilarious slapstick comedy sneeze where he covers Rimmer in, like, slime yeah and it's like come on man this was this was a perfect little half-ass comedy scene and you ruined it yeah you just went slightly too far like yeah and uh flonk said that if he was on the show this week his bad thing would have been that um that they overcorrected for the lack of levity and made things a little too wacky Mm -hmm. and i don't know that i agree with that that's that's his position but i do think in that moment that was actually true yeah I think overall the sense of fun and camaraderie was exactly what we wanted. And no, and honestly, needed, I know? think uh, overcorrecting a little bit after how yeah dark last season was is perfectly fine by me at this point. It feels like a very deliberate mission statement. Like, yeah, guys, we know. We're sorry. Here's what we're going to be now. No, and I mean, like, we get a lot of this this episode. We get a lot of people just being excited about doing their Star Trek jobs, and I kind of love that. That's what I want. I want people, like... That's, to me, the story about Star Trek is people forming friendships while they use science to learn things. Yeah, but it like it also almost feels like people who are excited to come to work again. Yeah. You know, like, Lork well, is because gone. Because Lork is gone. Yeah. Like, we got... These are these are abused people. Yeah, we got Saru, we got we got Pike in charge now, like, things yeah. are actually coming together. It's, ni- it's nice to be on this ship again. Yeah. I like this ship. It's exciting. <laughs> and it does feel very like, I mean, you have like your definitive answer now that this is not the Abrams universe because we see yeah, Captain pretty Pike much. and it's, yeah. it's not that guy. I can't so, really argue that anymore. On the other hand, it was co-written and directed by one of the guys who wrote Star Trek 2009 and it felt so much like it, like more than ever. Mm-hmm. Like with the handheld camera, with the action sequence that you enjoyed, I thought was a little boring, but yeah. That's always been our divide. You like big, intense action sequences. I usually find that they slow the story down. Yeah, I like just, some. I like some cool space shit. I I get it. I get it. This is this is just a like. I don't know that. It, like it felt a little too big to me, and that's mm. a dumb complaint. I know, but I don't know. I like smaller, quieter stories. Sure. Is all and and I understand 
TV can do so much cool stuff now. And it did feel like a scene from Trek 2009. And in a way, that's a compliment because is a TV show with a fraction yeah. of the budget of that movie. And it had like that's a that's a movie worthy action sequence right there. Yeah, it absolutely was. I I just I thought it slowed the story down yeah, a little bit. That's but fine. that's that's like that's that's been a thing of yours forever. Like, yeah, again, that's that's been our opposing positions from the beginning and I yeah. think it probably always will be. Yeah. It was done well, but my point is it felt so completely like that movie and there were so many choices in this that felt like that to mm. me. And on the one hand, I love that movie. That's great. But on the other hand, you really need to work on establishing your own identity, guys. Yeah. I'm not saying take out the action sequence necessarily. I'm just saying like the directing and this, like the feel of that action sequence, the way it was paced, like there's a cocky guy who goes in and says, I know what I'm doing. And then he dies just like that. Yeah. And everyone's like falling very fast. And then uh, one guy is in danger and the other guy endangers themselves to save him. Like Mm. it just played out exactly like that scene. And I feel like they could have made a few tweaks to just make it a little different as all. Sure. Like, I'm not saying take it out. I'm saying, like, just just change the pacing a little bit. Um, I loved their away team uniforms. Oh, man. The fucking, like, their spaceman spiff. Uh, yeah. Spacesuits are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Tidro almost ruined them for me by pointing out that they look like Power Rangers. But you know what? I don't care. They still look cool. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's what Starfleet, uh, that's what Starfleet spacesuits are supposed to look like. Now, speaking of that, let's talk about the uh, the, the original series uniforms. Oh, yeah. So um, we get the guys from uh, uh, Enterprise in, like, the new uniforms, basically. And they, they acknowledge that. Yeah. Like, now we have an explanation as to why disco guys look different. It's because those are the old uniforms and we're slowly transitioning to the new ones. Yeah, because that's what Starfleet does. Every five yeah. minutes we transition to a new uniform because Except nobody knows the what the fuck Except the red movie uniforms. Those stuck around forever. Yeah. Everybody started really wearing liked those in- red uniforms. They started wearing them in Wrath of Khan, and they were still wearing them when Picard was in the in the Academy. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, that's like 100 years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But, but um, I, no, I, I, first of all, it's great to see the colors. Yep. And I'm a big God fan of the colors. And goddamn Pike's shirt pop. Like, yes. They, they just, they look beautiful. But I do think, this is a, this is a dumb thing. Mm-hmm. I do think they should all have been in gold. Yeah. Because in the cage, there weren't. The different, like, the, mm. the blue and the red yet? That's interesting, yeah. But on the other hand, I love the primary colors, so who cares? Yeah. I'm not going to complain about that. I don't, And this is another one of these things we disagree about. The weird collars that are, like, scarves or kerchiefs or something. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care that they change the uniform. It, You're going to change like it. It seems like you care a whole lot, Al. <laughs> I want to be clear, though. I don't care that they changed it. It's uh-huh. not that it's not faithful to the original. I don't give a fuck about that. Change it a little bit. That's fine. What I care about is that it doesn't seem to serve any purpose. Keeps your neck warm. Uh, I have that warm neck when you're out in space. Space is cold, uh, Al. I, they had, they're wearing space suits. It's good. Yeah, no, a little just, extra bit of insulation to keep your neck warm. It Gotta just, protect it, your neck, Al. It looks like they're wearing bow ties, but the bow tie part fell off. <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't, like, it's asymmetrical, which, which bugs me a little bit. Sure. But it just doesn't. Like, if you're going to change the uniform, again, I'm cool with that. I really am. But the change didn't make sense. It felt it felt like that thing where it has to be 25% different, and they changed it just for the sake of changing it, and I don't get it. That's the thing. It's, yeah. It just, it, it doesn't bug me that they made it different. It bugged me because it doesn't make any sense. Sure. So, that's all. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I think they look fine, but... Uh... I just, I don't understand what it is. I'm not going to judge you for your for your choices. No, I mean, you you have fixated on many a background detail in the past. Give me this. That's for darn sure. Speaking of background details, this is actually a good thing. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, Discovery gets way more crowded this year, and mm-hmm. I love it. We get a lot of great sh- I used to talk about this all the time when we did uh, original series. I love a crowded ship. The ship had 400 people in it, and it pretty much always felt like it. Yeah, like we always had – whenever anyone was doing a walk-in talk, we always had this the the – the hallways crammed full of people working or going on their way <laughs> That guy somewhere. spinning that thing. I was just going to talk not. about that guy. Uh-huh. But um, no, so this season we get all sorts of weird background stuff. Um, there's a, there's a shot. He shows up twice. There's a dude in an actual wheelchair just like going around yeah. doing whatever. And that's awesome. Um, yeah, more diversity doesn't just mean people from other cultures. It, it means everybody. We get a guy in the transporter room with like a, like a, uh, 
sort of an early visor, it looks like. Yeah, it's like a proto Geordi visor. And, and my first reaction, because Enterprise burned us so much, is mm-hmm. like, you didn't invent the Geordi visor. And then I got to think, wait, he didn't invent that. No. He wasn't the first guy to wear one. Yeah, there probably was an early version of that. Okay, never mind. Yeah, we get new red shirt lady from uh, from Enterprise with like weird mouth stuff. And I don't know what it's for. I assume no, I'm correcting sure. her teeth. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. There's there's a lot of possibilities. But I love it. There's just, there's all, and like Linus, the lizard dude in the elevator. Just, just, mm-hmm. There's just all this weird stuff that just makes uh, Discovery look more more crowded and yeah. more interesting. More I diverse. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I absolutely do. And and there's they're doing a, a a continuing good job of not every new guy has to be a white dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got Captain Pike, but we also got my favorite new character. Or I should say, yeah, my favorite new character, not mm-hmm. my new favorite character. Like like of the people they've introduced, she's my favorite, but she's not my overall favorite. Yeah. But I love her so much. Tignataro as Jet Reno, which also awesome name. Yep. It's so pulpy and dumb, mm-hmm. but I love it. Jet Reno. It, she's so great. Yeah. She's deadpan as hell. Mm-hmm. If if this had been my episode to pick a quote from, it would have been, um, she's like, what what is all that like smashing and crashing? Oh, there's there's asteroids hitting here. And she just says, oh, good. I thought you were going to say we're all going to die. <laughs> it's so perfect. Yeah. But she's such a unique take. Like how many... Starfleet engineering types have we seen like those those the ingenuity like rewiring the you know Scotty and like everybody from all the different shows mm-hmm. and she there there's it doesn't feel like there's anything new to say about that kind of character we've got it like Trip wasn't really anything new he was still kind of cool but it was still just the same thing again it was sure. still just Scotty and Chief O'Brien and all of that and Jordy and everybody like but they they managed to find something new about this this type of character which is goddamn fascinating. Like she, the, the line is, um, wait, you're keeping all these people alive with all this machinery. You're an engineer. You're not a surgeon. And she's like, yeah, but like bodies are just machines and I know how to read. Yeah. It's such a cool, like, yeah. And that's so neat. The, the fucking lab of horrors that they walk into. Yeah. Uh, Amanda mentioned she like, it was body horror is Mm -hmm. what she said. And that was not my first thought because I'm not into horror that much, but, I, I could see that. Yeah. And she's like, and I thought it was going to be some knife waving person doing some mad science. Like, cause that's what those settings usually are. Yeah. No, it's just this woman doing her best to keep everyone on her crew alive with, and it's the, a, with what she has and what she knows how to do. And it's, it's another, it's another don't leave anyone behind thing. Cause they say, why are you still here? Why didn't you get away when you could? And she's like, would you have? Yeah. And, and no, no one would have. She's so completely like, there's there's like some lungs in a jar that's one of her crew. Yeah. And she's like, you ready to you ready to leave, Skippy? And like the thing bubbles a little bit. Like it's <laughs> it's so weird and cool and I love her. Yeah. And between her just her inventiveness and her deadpanness, there's a it's so brief, but there's a moment when they're leaving and Michael starts techno babbling about how they're gonna fix the transporters, and she gives her a look. She mm-hmm. gives Michael a look. Which is like, oh, a competent engineer type, and she's cute. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> and I might be reading into it because uh, Tignataro is is famously gay. Mm-hmm. Like, her, that doesn't mean her character is. No, but I hope she is. And would, I mean, that was my first thought too. It's just like, oh, good, another gay character. Oh, wait, yeah. I don't know that yet. <laughs> we haven't seen lesbians on Star Trek yeah. yet. It would be nice. And I, I just, I immediately got a little bit of, you know, oh, pretty and smart. Mm-hmm. It was cute. It was it was seriously one second blink yeah. and you miss it. But it was definitely there. And I want her to be Disco's chief engineer so we can spend every week with her. Mm-hmm. And side note, who is Disco's chief engineer? We have spent no time in engineering because engineering on Disco was the spore drive. Well, no, no, that that's that's a subset. Like that's a special branch. That's yeah. a that's a research project that sort of took over. But it's like, not main engineering. Yeah, like I, I I initially thought Stamets was the engineer. He's not. No, he's an engineer. He's yeah. got engineering training, but he's a research scientist. Yeah. And there's someone down there like Scotty watching the dilithium crystals and fixing the engines and crawling around in Jeffrey's tubes that we've never met. Mm-hmm. And or like if we need if we need a, a if we can get an engineer and it can be her, that would be great. Honestly, yeah. There's a there's a traditional Star Trek role we haven't seen much of, and a perfect character that would fit that. Mm-hmm. 
is all I'm saying. Yeah. But if if not, that's fine too. Like the the focus of the show is you know a little different, and I sure. like that. Um, but yeah, I'd love Tig, and I hope she sticks around for a little while because it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Jet Reno, yeah, so much fun. Um, what else? I feel like I we know. still have a lot that we haven't talked about yet. There's there's so many things. I got a um, note here that's just like when we find out uh, Michael and Spock haven't seen each other in a while, it just reads, oh, so maybe they didn't mirror one another, huh? Stupid book. <laughs> yeah, that book's already no longer canon. Yep. Which is fine. Who cares? <clears throat> um, although they did make a big point of saying these books now are basically canon because they're working closely with the with the showrunners. Yeah. Well, that's good. And actually, the named characters on the bridge, I believe, came from one of those novelists. See, that's cool. Like, because they're like, okay, these guys need names. Have you named them yet? Okay, I'm going to name them then. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of, like, uh, overlap there. But I'm glad they're re- they're willing to change if the story calls for it. Yeah. Um, I like uh, Tilly actually calls the ship Disco at one point. It's, yeah, it's that's a, awesome. It's a quick moment. But she's like, if Disco doesn't speed up, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, she just called it Disco. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like that. Yep. Uh, we get a nice little name check with uh, Saru, uh, his sister, mm-hmm. uh, from the short. And you don't need to have seen the short to get that. But yeah. uh, it's just a nice, oh, yeah. Oh, you have a brother? I have a sister. I, I can't go back and see her. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we know why that is. Yeah. Sorry, um, pal. Oh, by the way, uh, I, I put this on social media, but I feel like it, it might not have gotten to, you know, a lot of people. Uh, it If you live in one of the countries where uh, Discovery is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You can see the shorts. A lot of people didn't think they were available there. Uh, Vishal actually found you have to go to like the extras, like the, the the there's like a menu, like you have the list of the seasons episodes, and then you have like the extras. It's in there. Yeah, like they're buried you, in with the trailers or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you go to that menu, and like I say, if you're in, I, I, it was definitely confirmed by him in India and by uh, Irish Gav in the UK, mm. and I believe by someone in Australia. Uh, yeah, Tim. Uh, uh, found that as well. Yes. So uh, that that means probably everywhere that you can see it on Netflix, you can see the shorts. And I know a lot of you felt left out. Like, you guys said these were good. Why can't we see them? Well, you can't. Yeah. And in the U.S., you still got to pay for CBS All Access, whatever. Yeah, but, sorry. Like, yeah, you know. It sucks. We get it. Yeah, but that that's just a little public service announcement there for those of you like who, who were excited to hear about them and, and didn't think you could mm-hmm. see them. You can. And they're great. Uh, I like the, there was a bit of a hand-waving as to why Disco is way more advanced than it should be in this time period. They're yep. like, oh, this is where all the Federation's money is gone, which I thought was a bit undercut by then visiting the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Like, if the Enterprise just sort of existed in the way we remember it in our minds and they didn't go there, yeah, we could just say, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. On but the plus side, I- we only see a wall in one room in the Enterprise, so. I think we're going to, like, th- the episode ends with her there. I think we're going to spend more time there. All I right. could be wrong. Yeah. But. We know number one is showing up because they cast Rebecca Romaine, so I feel like we're going to spend a little more time over there. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, what else? Anything else? Um, I'm just looking over my notes real quick, which I'm sure is fascinating listening. Yeah, to I think there. I nailed everything I want to talk about. I just I, I assumed this was going to be a long episode more than usual just because there's so many things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great little bit where Tilly's talking about... Um, uh, she wants Stamets to get back to work, and she's like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put away the spore drive stuff, but you're still gonna work on your research, right? Like, like uh, uh, logic sciences has two whole floors, and they don't need it. I just put her in a closet. <laughs> cute and mean. Yep. Tilly, you're you're kind of a jerk when it's not your friends. Yep. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. She definitely feels like the kind of person who would abuse her power. Yep. Especially getting it now. Just like, oh, fuck. I'm an actual a- a- ensign now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. There was a there was a Kids in the Hall sketch where I've, I've gone mad with a moderate amount of power. Mm-hmm. Definitely feels like that. Um, Ever gone mad without a moderate amount of power? It's boring. No one listens to you. <laughs> Into the forest I go, Homer. <laughs> um, What else? I definitely feel like we have not covered everything. There are so many things. Yeah. But, you know, also we can't have the show be two hours long. Yeah, that's so. true. So there is also that. Ah, think... All right. If you don't have anything else. No, I think I hit everything. You want to do my, uh, you want to hear my quote? Yeah, what do you got? 
Uh, this is from the great uh, Sarix and uh, Michael uh, having a conversation. When I first came to you, I, I know that you considered every possible effect a Vulcan education, a Vulcan life might have on a human child. What did you want Spock to learn from me? Empathy. Something he would need to understand to successfully interact with humans. I really mm -hmm. like the idea of, uh, like, Sarek's had, like, this very, in like, he has a plan, basically. Yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't compassion. It was, oh, I need to introduce a new element to this experiment of raising a child. Yeah, and his, his, his bringing Michael in, like, he talks about why he brought my, brought yeah. Michael into the family, basically. No, I, I, I did like that. You're right. But it yeah. does feel very calculated. Like, Spock was not being uh, compassionate enough, so I brought in a human. That yeah. is why you were here. Not because you needed help, but because I wanted to help my kid. Well, yeah, Sarek... Yeah, I know. Sarek's got to be a rough father. Oh, I, that's, that, I mean, that point has been made abundantly clear. Mm -hmm. Like, it's no wonder uh, Spock is so into his mother, just because, like... Yeah. Look at his father. Well, and, you know, everyone on Vulcan, like, ragging on his mother for his entire life. Yeah. Got I can't help either. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess that's it for this time. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of exciting things going on. Again, I don't love that we seem to be ramping up for the Spock show, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Overall, I, I am very pleased. Like, this is this is a much better show than we started with. Yeah. No, I'm, and, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited going forward. I'm so, I'm so worried. Like, I'm so, like, yeah, but what What if not? And I know that's terrible. I shouldn't be that guy, but I don't know. I've been burned so many times. I know. I know, sweetie. By this show specifically. Uh-huh. So. Uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna keep up. We're gonna try keeping up with this, uh, more or less real time stuff. Yep. Like we said, it's, we're, we're doing our best. Uh, yep. We can't promise it's going to keep going, but so far so good. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So next week our pal Nate's going to be here. Yep. That should be good. And, uh, we'll, we'll continue searching for Spock, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see as, as usual, um, the email address post uh, at Gmail, the website, postatomichorror.com. The Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on uh, Twitter, at Algar, at Robot Matt. Uh, a new thing I wanted to mention, we now have a Patreon. We do. Uh, I've been I've been waiting to pull the trigger on this forever, and I finally just said, uh, to hell with it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I am going to pull it up right now. It is, uh, it is actually a Patreon for... Uh, Algar Productions, which is, uh, that, that sort of covers all the stuff that I produce. Yeah, that's uh, this, that's... Uh, uh, Sarcastic Voyage, which is still doing just like standalone radio plays. Yeah, uh, the uh, Death, Death of, of Podcasts, Podcasts. Which we're reviewing the Discworld books and our upcoming um, uh, fanfic production endeavor. Mm -hmm. Those are the four things I'm working on right now. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and also I threw in a thing about my uh, video reviews, the, the cartoon reviews. I... Mm -hmm. I'm not getting into doing a whole other series there, but if you want to give me a, a, a good amount of money, I will review one. Like, that's basically uh, the fine. You want me to do something, you give me some money, and I'll do it. Yeah. You give me 20 bucks, I'll review one cartoon of your choice. <laughs> but uh, uh, but for this show, yes, uh, these are the tiers that we have set up. Uh, if you give us a dollar, we will give you a link to download the show before it posts publicly, and this might only be a matter of hours. It might be like a day. Like, it's not going to be hugely ahead of time because there's not much turnaround time on this. Mm -hmm. But probably I will go back to posting the show publicly Monday morning. And for the Patreon supporters, I will give it to you, like, Sunday afternoon. So if you if you want to jump on it quickly, uh, uh, that that's just a dollar a month. Yep. Uh, and I have these divided into small, medium, and large. Because <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure how else to designate them. Sure. Uh, so the middle one, the medium designation for five dollars, uh, we will give you access, read-only access to our show notes, uh, which features our summaries, original thoughts, and lots of jokes that never make it onto the show from episode twenty-five onwards. We did not uh, keep them in Google Docs prior to that. Yeah, uh, we we <laughs> IM'd each other and tried to remember our best jokes, and that's why we felt like we had to go back and redo those shows because yeah, somehow that didn't work for some reason, huh? But writing things down so we could remember them, yeah. Seems to have worked better. But yeah, from, from 25 on, so you, over 300 documents. And, there, you know, there's some fun stuff in there. There are definitely jokes that are like, oh, why didn't they get to that? That was that was great. 
mm. there's also some maybe ill-conceived, particularly we're going to say now in the early ones, we were not as aware as we are now of, of some social things. There might be some rough stuff there. Yeah. Bear with us. Apologies like, in advance. Yeah. Hopefully you're not going to see anything. In I that can't from the think of years. anything specific, but uh, yeah, but there might be. Who yeah. knows? Just just a just a warning. It's not, you know, I don't think we were ever terrible people, but we were definitely sort of thoughtless people. Yeah. Uh, and then the 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 top tier, uh, the the twenty dollar, uh, and the, the, you know, again, this is like, uh, if if you want to have a direct control over what we do, there's going to be that long period uh, after Discovery season two before we have more Star Trek to do, mm-hmm. where we're going to be reviewing sort of one off, like we've talked about doing this for a while, one off genre shows. Mm-hmm. For a twenty dollar donation, you can you can pick, you can you can choose a thing, for us to review, uh, an hour long. Uh, fantasy, sci-fi, horror, like that's the th- those are the those are the uh, the criteria. Uh, it has to be something we we can find, uh, and it cannot be deadly games. <laughs> those are the those are the criteria. It says on the website, subject to a small handful of restrictions. I think we would like to reserve veto, like ultimate veto, right? But we're yeah. probably not going to veto most things. Yeah. But if there's something we absolutely do not want to watch, we, we might just say sorry. Please pick something else. Uh, but that's that's a, the twenty dollar donation. You get to do that, and uh, so you can you can kind of have a hand in in what we do. And if you got something, you're either excited to to you know like, hey, this is a great thing. You guys should see. Do that. Or if you want to watch us suffer for an hour, I feel like I could watch an hour of anything. Yeah, basically. At this point, it, it, if you want to say, oh, you you thought Enterprise was bad, let me show you this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cough up the money, and I guess we'll have to. Yeah. So. That's out there now. It's at patreon.com slash Algar. That's uh, A-A-L-G-A-R. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this this is not uh, for a profit thing. This is uh, this covers the costs of making the show, which is audio equipment and server space uh, and uh, promotional artwork. Uh, also, the costs of making the other shows. Uh, I will say, if, if we manage to get like a decent amount of money from this, and I don't know what that is, but after I can cover costs. Yeah. Uh, for the first time, I will actually pay the voice artists. The, the voice performers that we've yeah. had uh, doing work for us all these years, and that includes uh, the upcoming uh, Endeavor. I would love to be able to give those guys a few bucks for for their for their awesome performances. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, please consider donating. We would really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and I think that's all for this time. Yeah, uh, see you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Elgar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright twenty nineteen. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun.